0: Rethinking the Bible with Jack Pelham. Episode 8, Family Discussion on What It Means to be Created. Welcome to Rethinking the Bible with Jack Pelham. This is an audio podcast where we apply reality-based thinking to interpreting the Bible. Reality-based thinking is my name for a philosophy that seeks to make constant use of honesty, rationality, and responsibility in seeking out the reality of things. And I define reality as the state of things as they actually exist, as opposed to one's perceptions, beliefs, or wishes about them. In this episode, Kay and James join me for our second family discussion, generally reflecting on the recent episodes about what it means to be created. We also get into some meaty discussion of what it means to have a spiritual heritage, starting with having been created by God and in a world where so many seem to be longing for a more meaningful life. This is the kind of discussion we're always having around the house, and that adds so much to each of our three lives. So we're glad to get together every once in a while with a microphone in the room so that we can capture it for your edification, or your sense of morbid curiosity, or whatever you think about it. We don't know many people who seem to have this sort of discussion regularly, so we hope that this inspires some more people to start doing it more often. And so, with no further ado, here we go. Well, here we are for our second family discussion. We're back in Kay's piano studio with not the most uh, perfect equipment. You'll probably hear some traffic noise outside, and if you listen closely, you'll hear the ticking of the clock on the wall. (laughs) (laughs) so anyway welcome back Kay and James
1: thanks thanks for having us
0: so we talked last on episode number three our family discussion about episode one and uh, since then we've had several more episodes so there's lots to talk about today and then good luck keeping me entirely from talking about what's yet to come because I'm very excited about uh, these episodes coming up about God's way versus your way and uh, other things like that. I also uh, have really enjoyed getting into this hermeneutics uh, topic on the best practices for interpreting the Bible. And I hope to do an episode before too long about the assumptions that we make so profusely and readily. (laughs) We're so uh, well-rehearsed at just making assumptions about what we read without really examining, examining it, examining it, Yay! without really examining it and uh, making uh, better assumptions about it. So anyway, uh, we've been talking all this time now. We started out with God uh, cares about how you think. And then we looked at uh, uh, what it means uh, or, uh, about grace, rethinking grace, what should be our response to God and him having created us. And to him having, uh, to him being a righteous person and such. And so now we're looking uh, more recently, even more into, okay, so this whole thing of being created, what does that mean for us? Uh, What should be our attitude about that? And then most recently, of course, we had this episode number seven, which I had some nice comments from friends on that, on that. the rethinking the whole New Testament and Old Testament ideas and how we sort of paint ourselves into a corner sometimes with understanding the Bible. So let's talk about all this today and see sort of where we are and uh, where we're going from here. So what do you think um, this message so far? Is this like basic Christianity 101, everybody out there gets this, everybody's thinking this stuff, or is this off the beaten path from what the average Christian in America
2: is doing? At, at the very least, I'd say that people aren't thinking this kind of stuff, you know, word for word. Even if people kind of get this stuff, uh, very few of them, if any, would have actually thought through this, the way you talk about these things.
1: Yeah, and I, um, you know, I, I think these ideas were... Uh, you know, does God care about how you think? And so you probably talked about it. We probably talked about it. But I was just thinking about the whole idea of pondering um, the things of God, which, so, um, you know, the ideas here of being created, um, you can just say, yeah, 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 I know the story in the Bible, and okay, just tell me what to do or something or not to do. But is there time spent? You're, you're asking the question, you know, is, is this basic Christianity or... Um, is this thing that the average Christian thinks about? And I'm not so sure that they do. They don't ponder beyond just, you know, give me the facts. And, um, but they don't ponder these ideas and what are the implications of it and, you know, and how it may change them.
0: Yeah, I think that these topics are not talked about very much, although certainly people are going to wonder about them from time to time. But where do you go to have a great conversation about these kinds of things. You know, I look at the Bible and I see, okay, somebody saw to it that this set of documents got delivered to our generation. And what's going to be my response to that? (laughs) Oh, gee, thanks. Put it there on the shelf, will you? Mm -hmm. Right? Or am I, is this for me? Am I supposed to look into this? And then when you really start looking into it, wow, uh, this is not the stuff of public discourse. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. I I don't know if it's, um, if people, um, I don't know, there's a bit of backing away because if you do find that, wait, I, I've got to spend more time here or it's going to go places that I'm not comfortable with going, I'd rather not have my world rocked or that kind of thing. So it's easy enough to, um, you know, put it aside or that kind of thing. But it is hard to imagine that you wouldn't feel some responsibility for once you realize that, you know, we were especially created, all the things that, you know, that it is about being human that you want and want to know more and to be sort of changed by those ideas.
0: Yeah, that in curiosity is troubling to me. Like, don't you want to know? <laughs> I'm always rem- reminded of this. Uh, the movie, um, oh, it, it's the uh, the JFK movie that uh, Stone uh, mm-hmm. did, and uh, the the one character, the attorney, is reading uh, from an old trial where the attorney questioning the witness never got around to the real question that needed Mm -hmm. to be asked. Right. And he's reading in frustration, this transcript, and he's like, ask the question, ask the question. And the attorney never did. Mm -hmm. And I think about how much we leave on the table, so to speak, Mm -hmm. when it comes to Bible study, because we never ask the question. We never get into it and wonder about and ask a ask the text, so to speak.
1: Right.
0: Uh, hello, Bible. <laughs> what, what does this mean? <laughs> That's not exactly what I mean. Well, but I and, hope you you know,
1: know, you're saying that and it makes, you know, that that a particular scene, the guy was in the movie, the guy was helpless because he wasn't there at that thing. I can't make this different. But just imagining as you're saying this about us, you know, looking at the Bible you know, is God watching over and, and just, he wants us to know. And so as he's saying these things, just ask the question, question. just ask the question, you know, you know, just care or something, you know, dig deeper because it's there. You know, I, I, you know, I've left all this for you or that kind of thing. And I want you to know, so just ask the question.
0: Okay. So I got to say this about that. I do have planned, uh, hopefully soonish an episode called, You Have Not Because You Ask Not, mm-hmm. which is, of course, a quote from uh, something that, uh, is this a Jesus quote? I haven't looked it up recently, enough, But anyway, somebody didn't have something they needed and they weren't ask, mm-hmm. asking for it, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's uh, a topic I'd really love to consider. What might our Christian lives be like if we were the sort to go asking for more, mm-hmm. right? Uh, to And I don't mean, you know, God, please help me get a better car and get a better job. Right. No, no, no. But to understand uh, why we're here, what is God like, mm-hmm. what is life all about, you know, this sort of thing. I just don't think that a lot of people are very curious and they don't ask very much.
1: Well, you know, the um, the the idea of a philosopher, you know, somebody who loves wisdom and that, I mean, that's, you know, what the word means, but uh, the kind of person that just ponders things and and will get answers. Um, you know, I, uh, we can make connections because we were made that way. To just as ideas, I um, ideas make more ideas. Our minds, you know, work that way. But it's not going to happen if we don't spend time with that. But um, you know, that's part of how we were created. To be able to um, kind of figure things out if we give it time, so and and you know you're saying we'll ask the question and when we're talking about the Bible, it's not like it's going to literally speak back to us with words, but they are there and the concepts are there, and then the connections can be made if we are giving it that time and you know if we care enough to give it that time.
0: Sure, I was thinking about that line about Jesus's mother Mary that she which version, but she pondered these things in her heart mm-hmm. or she treasured these things, stored them up in her heart, something like that. Mm-hmm. And that is the kind of pondering I think you're talking about. This is a long-term uh, way of life to be thinking about these things.
1: Right. Well, you know how you something clicks, we say. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's just something we might have been thinking for a while. Maybe it's in the back of our mind, you know, not thinking hard. And then, you know, one day it's just like, oh, this makes sense. And so... Um, you know, those kinds of things do happen. And we say, we use those words so we know that they do happen, that things cannot make sense. Uh, and then eventually, you know, whatever other information we needed or something comes together and, um, you know, things can be, some things can be figured out. So,
2: yeah, this uh, pattern matching thing that humans are very good at is something I think is pretty interesting because, uh, You can tell this by the way English is, that we are very capable of um, metaphors, is Mm -hmm. the thing basically. Sure, right. We don't, uh, you get this all the time in English, where we say something that is so far from what we literally mean, but the person you're talking to totally understands what you just said, uh, because uh, somehow whatever the weird concept you said, uh, it's somehow tied to the literal meaning in some metaphorical way. And human brains just pick that stuff out. And it's really cool.
1: This reminds you know, when you're saying that, and I don't know exactly what David, if he was the psalmist that said the thing about being fearfully and wonderfully made, that it is pretty um, amazing what we can do yeah. with the mind can do. And even when it's, um, the work is still going on, even when we're not like in, intentionally there, the, the, uh, connections and, you know, all of those things are happening in us.
0: You know, I get the impression from that Psalm that he's saying, why did you do this? This is pretty amazing. I assume when he's talking about I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, he's talking about his body mm-hmm. and, you know, how the hands work or how the eye works or, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. these kinds of things. Well, why would you do this? I, I get the sense that this may be on his mind. Right. There's a very interesting, uh, lengthy discussion in one of the apocryphal books, uh, Second Esdras or 2 Esdras, where um, Ezra is having this extended conversation with God, like, okay, um, this world kind of stinks, so why did you do this? And and God says, well, there's look, there's not just one world, there's two. And the first world is for everybody, but the second world's not. But wait, there's
2: more. But wait, there's more,
0: that's right. The second world is for the righteous people. And Ezra's like, yeah, but things are so terrible down here, and we're all unrighteous. And God says, no, wait a minute, you are not unrighteous, Ezra. And, wow. and so right so it oh. to get told yeah, yeah by
1: god <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah
0: right right okay so that's a fascinating uh, thing to read and uh so this whole idea that we uh we have a heritage whether we know it or not mm-hmm. right yeah. and so many people are looking for meaning and they're looking of course the world is kind of crazy these last few mm-hmm. months, especially, mm-hmm. and, oh, I want meaning out of this or that or the other thing. Some people, it's all about safety right now. Some people, it's all about vengeance and payback and whatever, but there is a heritage that we have because God created us, mm-hmm. uh, and do you want to know that story? Mm-hmm. You know, I remember back in the 90s, it seemed like there was a lot of talk about getting in touch with yourself, Right. And then uh, we went through a phase where there's talk about, uh, like, uh, adopted kids finding out who their parents Mm -hmm. were and learning all about that. And why was I given up Mm -hmm. for adoption? What was the story? Mm -hmm. And what are my parents really like? And can I be reconciled with them? My my birth parents, that is. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, well, here's another heritage that we have that you came from somewhere and not just your physical birth but your spirit and Mm -hmm. you're born into this world that God invented to be the way it is. And so uh, to me, like we're talking to, so many people don't really look into that too much Mm -hmm. or they take the word of somebody else way too quickly and don't do much examining about Mm -hmm. that. Is this a good theory uh, hypothesis or not?
1: Well, you you talk about wanting... um uh to teach our kids to understand that they're on a timeline is this right is this yes, how you've said this absolutely and so um this i mean this is where we are we are part of this you're you're using the word heritage now but we're part of that timeline that uh the story that begins for us in Genesis and tells us about you know how god created these humans in his image you know and we're told this in the in that story And then, you know, humanity proceeds from there. And we have all the stories, you know, in the Bible about different things with humanity. We know history of, uh, you know, different empires and, you know, all of these things and uh, great times and bad times or whatever. But here we are. And, you know, the three of us here in 2020, you know, in the state of Montana, we're part of this whole timeline of humanity where God when he first created these humans and how he built them, were were part of that. And um, so, you know, there's even the heritage of how people lived out their humanity and in good or bad ways. And um, And now, you know, here's our chance because we're still here. He created this thing and it's still going on. The whole humanity thing, you know, on this planet Earth is still going on.
0: I know. think a lot of people are cut off from that. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of, I teach uh, classes for homeschoolers a lot. So I'm dealing with kids from, say, six up to, you know, their parents and such. But frequently in my classes, I'll make some uh, reference to something in uh, pop culture. And I'll say, uh, maybe it's a Harry Potter quote, Mm -hmm. or maybe it's something Mm -hmm. from uh, Frank Sinatra, right? Mm -hmm. And I'll say, who knows what I'm talking about? Raise your hand. Mm -hmm. And very frequently, nobody, except you two, raises your hands. (laughs) But see, I grew up, uh, I was born in 65, I'm 55 years old now. And I grew up knowing who the Mills Brothers were and the Ink Spots and uh, Sinatra, of course, and the Brothers Four and the Kingston Trio and the Smothers Brothers and so forth. Uh, But kids today don't seem to know...
1: Kids today. <laughs> kids today, right? Kids today. Get off my lawn. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. The kids today don't even seem to know um, the the names of the bands that their parents listened to, right. As yeah. much as mm-hmm. I think I did. Now, maybe I don't have enough data on this. this is just my impression. Nice well, motorcycle coming by. Yeah,
1: and and um, my friend Cindy Rollins talks a lot about remembrance remembrance, and how important it is to remember, to know our heritage, to know where we came from, to make those connections, and that it is good for kids to hear the stories of their parents growing up. And you bet. a different way of life and all of that kind of thing. And it puts them, it shows them, oh, you know, even if you see progress in life, well, we are a part of that, you know, the way that people see progress, the technology, the increase of it, and all this kind of thing. Sure. We're part of this story. But that uh, when we don't have remembrance, when we cut off the past and don't know where we came from, what has come before us, it I think it takes away some of our humanity of my personhood to not understand my connection to what came before.
0: Well, right. And you, if nothing else, you lose the sense, hey, this is supposed to mean something. Mm-hmm. And my life is actually supposed to fit a divine pattern of uprightness mm-hmm. and, and righteousness and such mm-hmm. and so if you lose that if you have no concept of that then mm-hmm. you're just sort of waywards uh well hey hope it works out nice mm-hmm. you know and i can see that being very empty as i'm sure a lot of people feel empty mm-hmm. about their lives but i think there's even some natural sense of um maybe loyalty is not the right word or maybe it is uh, to your parents own history, mm-hmm. because I took pleasure as a kid. And even today in knowing stories about my parents and their lives. And these are maybe mundane stories to the mm-hmm. rest of the world. It's not something to write a book about, but to know, Hey, my dad lived in that house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I still remember the address. Like, is that important? Well, is to me. Right. And that's what I mean. Just some sense of loyalty. Like, well, this is my story too. Right. Um, It's kind
1: of fun to see the things that that were different and then the ways that you are like them, even in a different setting that, oh, I enjoy this thing or I react this way, you know, the way that I hear that my dad or my mom did when such and such happened to them when they were a kid or things that happened with their parents and that kind of thing. The
0: more I study uh, from the Bible and the more I study and ponder cognitive science and how people think, the more I tend to view the world Also, as more a sociologist would, oh, well, groups of people tend to deal with this issue in different ways and such. Mm -hmm. So I see myself more and more like that. Mm -hmm. And when you talked about me talking more recently about we all exist on a timeline, Mm -hmm. what I mean is that my students that I run into, a lot of them don't seem to be very aware that before they were born, there was still the world in existence and mm-hmm. life went on. It seems so abstract yeah. to them rather than to understand, no, no, this is my mama and my grandmama mm-hmm. and this is my great-grandma and they go back and, you know, and knowing where their families came from and such. And obviously, you could probably overdo all of that, mm-hmm. but it ought to mean something right. to us. I
1: had posted this video a few days ago there on Facebook and was it was um, a guy going to Spain to... Um, research things about the composer Scarlatti. But what fascinated me was these young people that were very interested in where this music came from. And, of course, Scarlatti was Italian, but he ends up in Spain. So all these influences of music, and so it's not just the whole connection with, uh, you know, the Muslim world because, you know, you know history, all of them coming in there. But it was the fact that... um, that these, to me, I thought these were, they're so young, but yet they're interested in what came before them. And I had commented in my thing was that I also saw that they saw the debt that they owed to. Oh, you know, it wasn't just like, look at me, I'm such a cool musician. No, you got where you were and you have all these sounds in you that you're putting together to make music because of what came before you. And so uh, they seem to have a real sense, the appreciation And the debt that they owed to the past, but also just enjoying what those people in the past did right. Like they still relished, you know, in that music, and so they had a connection to it, which makes your life richer where you are now. And go
2: ahead. Okay. uh, So the thing that we say all the time about the knowing how way leads on to way, right? Um, I think some people have. Uh, they look at the opposite of that and they, they back up the decision tree and see, okay, what else could we do with the previous decision? Because I'm thinking about um, uh, a video I saw a while ago where someone took a, a teletype. You, do you know what that is? Uh-huh. Uh, so uh, this teletype, which basically it's a typewriter except the keyboard is far away from the printer.
1: Didn't my uh, dad work the teletype? Uh,
0: I, perhaps he did, and yeah. this this is the
2: precursor to the fax machine. Basically, yeah, you know, I one character did. at a time yeah. goes over so the wires. You know. yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah,
2: And so, uh, so yeah, it's a typewriter where you have your keyboard in this building, and then the printer's way over there, <laughs> right. right? Right. And uh, so, what this dude did was, it's like, hey, look at this old technology. It's kind of irrelevant, but it's also pretty neat. Also, question can I make it work as a Linux terminal? Oh, right. (laughs) Right? So I connect the keyboard up to Raspberry Pi or something. And then, so these keyboard inputs get sent to the Pi. And then the Pi sends back the text of the terminal and prints it out to the teletype screen in air quotes. Really, it's just a piece of paper, right? Uh, and, And so that's just, here's old stuff. I'm going to do a thing with it that's not really necessary, but also I can. <laughs> so why not?
0: Right. Okay. And this, I bet we could track down 10 things in an hour if we thought through this. American music. Where does my rock and roll co- Well, it comes from Bach and Beethoven mm-hmm. right. and from the African influence that came into mm-hmm. this country right. with when the slaves were being brought over mm-hmm. while Wow, the musical influence that came right. from that mixed in with. Mm-hmm. You look at barbershop music, that comes from the classics too, but mm-hmm. it's a distinctly American thing, mm-hmm. right? There's so many examples we could use. Okay, so, well, why are we talking about this? We have a spiritual heritage. Mm-hmm that we all came from God. We were designed as a species for whatever reason he had in mind. And I'm not sure if we can ever grasp all that Mm -hmm. until he can explain it face to face, maybe. Mm -hmm. But I think about this one verse and I do not know what it means, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's the one where Solomon says that uh, he set eternity in the hearts of men. Mm -hmm. Well, what does that mean? Well, I'm not ready to pontificate that I know what that means. What it might mean is that God made us to think about these things or to have some sense that yes, there is a purpose and it's an eternal purpose, Mm -hmm. not just some temporary thing and that it's important. Look how many people ask the question, is this all there is?
1: Right. Hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's the, um, the transcendent, the idea of, um, because it the things that we can't touch are reality as well, and you cannot touch eternity. I can touch this table. I cannot touch eternity, but it is a reality. It's a big thing. It blows your mind, you know, when you think about it. But that. So I don't know if you know if he he set that in our heart. He gave us the ability to be able to imagine and ponder things that I you cannot physically touch. And they are the spiritual things. They are not the things, you know, physical that we can touch. Um, and so, um, you know, it's bigger than what you know we have before us at this moment. It's the past. It's the future. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: well, one of those things, of course, is that we're all going to die. Mm-hmm. Now, some people don't seem to figure this out early in life. Well, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. They say it's a surprise. And mm-hmm. they say, oh, grandpa died. Well, how old was he? 104? Wow, what a surprise. Well, yeah. No, uh, this is how it's supposed to be. Right. You know, and, and we miss people, like famous people. Like we're fans of Rosemary Clooney, mm-hmm. and we're still sad that she died. Mm-hmm. But she was supposed to die, just mm-hmm. like we all are. Mm-hmm. And so the more I mature, the more I realize, no, this is a good thing. Mm-hmm. And it's good to miss those who have gone. When did the, when did I last see a Jimmy Stewart movie? Mm-hmm. Well, he quit making them yeah. right before he died. <laughs> right, well, okay, right? right. right? And so uh, other people will come along mm-hmm. and be good actors or good singers mm-hmm. or whatever in their own time. Right. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. This is how it's supposed to work. And that's part look how much time we spend getting old and fussing about, I'm getting old. Mm -hmm. And like my mom says, that thing they say about the golden years. Well, they may not be quite so golden in (laughs) certain ways. (laughs) Right. right? Okay. But look at what that does to us Mm -hmm. that we have, if we don't die suddenly from something, Mm -hmm. we have several years to realize, uh, you know what? I'm not going to be here for many more years. Mm -hmm. And so you have all this time to think about eternity. Mm -hmm. If you're, Inclined to think about it, right? right? If you're, let me say, be so bold as to say, if you're wise enough to think about Mm it, right? Because what person lies on his deathbed and says, uh, I mean, laying on his deathbed Mm -hmm. says, gee, I wish I had not thought about things as much. I wish I had not figured out as many things. Mm -hmm. I wish I had not, uh, you know, invested Mm -hmm. so much in things. Uh, So everybody seems to be a little more clear minded. About, oh, what's important. Right. Right. Yeah. So now we're going to have a pause in the conversation. I know, I know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, the instant
2: you stop talking, I forgot whatever it was I just had in my mind.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's all right. So that brings us all back to this idea that we were created in the image and likeness of God by God, of course, who had a reason to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, if you ask me, this is a little bit on the extravagant side. Let's see. We've got uh, this universe with planets and stuff. And this planet here, we're going to uh, create uh, plants and animals and humans. And then uh, there were angels, too. And we'll talk about that someday, how that all fits together. Because where are they now is the question. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, so why? Mm -hmm. Why are we doing this? Because this is really extravagant. And the result of all this is supposed to be that I grow up and get a bachelor's and become a CPA and do that for a bunch of years and then I die, right? (laughs) It seems a little lacking, right? It doesn't quite have the, the grandiose idea that God created me, right? And then on the other hand, a lot of people find themselves asking, well, what's God's plan for my life? Like he's got a specific plan for each individual. And I'll say this right now, I think that is not a very good understanding. So we end up with this higher, this unrealistic expectation that, oh, God has planned for me to marry this person on this date and have this job and to move to that town. Like it's all in a script that's pre-written. I'm not sure that's the case. And I'll I'll make the case for that uh, in some other episode. So there's a promise Mm -hmm. you'll have to make me key in time, right? Okay, so... um, so what's it all about? We're here. And so so let's come back to this. Are, are we here to be what God had in mind? Or are we here to be representatives of God? Two other human representatives right, of God right, who right. themselves are supposed to be, you know. Uh, what do you think about the discussion so far that in these last couple of episodes about this question?
1: Well, you know, I was thinking whether or not we... The business about well, are we just representatives representing to other representatives? But the looking at the other part about well, we're made in his image that we ought to be like him, well, and so we ought to just you end up representing him just in one way or the other. If somebody needs some more information, simply by being behaving as he would, as best as you can know how God would behave, how God would respond to things, just all of the good, uh, you know, the character of God or, or having the character of Jesus. So, well,
0: here's what I see that really bothers me a lot. I see, I think I'm going to talk about jury duty right now. Okay. (laughs) It's going to seem odd, but this, this connects. I see a lot of people who, uh, Hey, they they love God. They they go to church, or they read the Bible, or, or whatever they do. Uh, they're involved in some way, uh, but they don't really understand it very well. And they it's not like they're in a course of study and they're regularly increasing their knowledge and their understanding of it all. And they don't become qualified to say to teach it well, for example. Mm-hmm. Not the teacher is the only good thing to become, right? right. But um, but it reminds me of jury duty. So, so let me say okay, what here, I mean. See
2: where that's going. <laughs> okay.
0: So, uh, Joe Citizen walks out to his mailbox one day and he gets the notice in there that uh, he's being called for jury duty, right? I noticed I was called several months back myself and I watched all the people being interviewed as prospective jurors during the voir dire, which is uh,
1: oh, to see, to say, that's what it, the French, voir dire. Yeah, it, okay. which it,
0: it's French for, we're going to check you out and see if we yeah. want you on this jury <laughs> or not, right? Okay. <laughs> Jura. Jura, yeah. Okay, so, uh, so anyway, the guy, uh, Joe Citizen, he is no philosopher. He is no model human. He is no guy that's ever going to have a book written about him right. or a statue <laughs> in the town square for having right. been this great leader or something. Uh, In fact, if you asked him what he thinks about the world, he may not know, but he gets into jury duty and they... They bring him up and they start asking him these deep questions right. about oh, the world yeah, and about yeah, principles and yeah. this. And he's yeah. suddenly yeah. on the spot.
1: Right? Where, where has he ever been asked this before in his life? Like these kinds of questions or when has anybody ever cared about what he thought about this or that or how he yes. would respond to this? It's not yeah. like his neighbors are waiting on the yeah. porch yeah, when he, he gets he's home he's from work. He's been at the shop, you know, <laughs> making his U-bolts and stuff. You hey, know? Joe, you know,
2: I was <laughs> thinking.
0: <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> so... Suddenly, he's on the spot, mm-hmm. the spotlight's on him, mm-hmm. and they're wanting to know, and what's he going to say when they ask him, oh boy, what what kind of questions do they ask? When they ask him something about the, the justice system or something, mm-hmm. is he going to say, well, you know, funny you should ask that. I was just writing an essay last week. And no, he's not. Yeah. And so suddenly, he's on the spot, and his... Uh, even though he may not perceive why they're asking him this, Mm -hmm. but they have a reason. They want to know, Mm -hmm. is he going to give a fair trial to me? Okay. So um, anyway, this is is why jury duty is on my mind. Uh We're going to die. You're going to face God and you're going to have Uh a talk with God, uh, Mm -hmm. which none of us have never done in that way. No matter what kind of praying you've done, uh, as far as I know, Nobody that I know has ever talked face to face with God, mm-hmm. and so talk about something becoming suddenly more real to you than it ever has been before. Yeah,
1: and you know, I—I I mean, if I may bring up the current situation and um, whatever else I, um, the Facebook, bringing up the Facebook, <laughs> but you could see because of our all these questions about what's right and wrong with the current, you know, laws that we're, you know, currently going through the COVID thing and mask or no masks and meeting and six feet apart and all of that. And so you see these discussions going on in Facebook where it's about what's right and wrong. Well, people, you know, there's a lot of emotion because people haven't thought it's not their practice to think deeply about right and wrong. And so it's all sort of surface uh stuff or what i've been told or what i feel and all of that you could just see that it is not the general practice of people to think deeply about you know ought Mm. (laughs) and right and wrong and such so
2: it does seem that that most of the discussion is i don't like that and you're an idiot Uh rather than uh you know, is it right or wrong? Right.
0: Okay, well, so Facebook is a great example of a a new phenomenon. Mm -hmm. Back up 20 years before there was Facebook and internet. Is Mm -hmm. that far enough? No, that's not not quite far enough. Not anymore. Back up 25 years or something. something. Okay, so um, Joe Citizen Mm -hmm. uh, used to read stuff in the paper, and if he had anything to say, and was particularly assertive, Mm -hmm. he would write a letter to the editor, and then it may or may not get published, depending on the editor and their quality standards and whether they like what he has to say or whether they think it'll sell more papers or whatever okay so there was joe's chance now if joe's a really good writer maybe a publisher wants to publish his book or something uh or if he's a really good speaker maybe he gets a radio program but he's like one in a hundred million people he's going to have a radio program something crazy like that okay well but now comes the internet and joe can publish anything he wants, right. any hour of the day, mm-hmm. for the whole world to see if they want to come see right. it. Right? Yeah. This is probably not a good thing, mm-hmm. because now our culture is flooded with all these messages. Most of them quite short, uh-huh. and like you say, a lot of them emotion laden, right. James, and right. not really rational. But mm-hmm. boy, can he crank tick 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 tick? Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, clicking these these posts out there, yeah. and now our whole culture is consumed. With this kind of publication,
1: mm-hmm.
0: well, this wasn't going on thirty right. years ago. Yeah.
1: I, yeah. you know, yes, in the past, um, you know, Joe Citizen, if if when he, I mean, his family, he could watch the news and read the paper, and he's like, well, that guy, you know, that's that's all anybody would hear about it. Yeah, just otherwise, his family. His right. way to do something to put his voice out there was to go to the polling booth and, and cast his vote you know, every two years or four years, whichever ones you choose that are worthy of your vote and, ah, show them, you know, so he'd go vote. But yes, now there's more places to just uh, rant. And then those are the voices that we're hearing rather than, you know, when we had the internet and, and people were being able to publish before that weren't, you would get maybe blog posts that were maybe more thought out. But yes, with the social media thing, now it's just like the instant, just anybody, whatever they're thinking in the moment, and those are the voices that we're hearing, and a lot of, and so... You know, those are our influences.
0: Right. And who's getting tired of
1: this? (laughs) A lot of people. I'm
0: certainly tired of it. Yes. I mean, it's. Uh, Even if the first line of a post seems promising, Mm -hmm. probably by the second line, Mm -hmm. I realize uh, this is more of the same or the same errors or the same biases may be in play here. It is
1: not coming from people that spend time contemplating and meditating and, you know, you know. Allowing things to, you know, gel and, and all of this, to, to put things together and, uh, you know, come up with a reasoned thing. And and also that, you know, I've been trained to just uh, the discipline of, you know, thinking rightly or, you know, waiting patience, you know, to try to figure things out either. So. Right.
0: Okay. So while all this is going on, all the hubbub and... And the noise of the traffic, mm-hmm. the the klaxon culture. Oh, we're mad about this. We're mad about that. Mm-hmm. You know, and so forth. All that stuff. Is there still something that's worth reading that really means something on an eternal scale?
1: Uh, the Bible.
0: Well, yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. <laughs> but is this the message that you get from the churches, or from the TV preachers, or from the the internet discussion? Lots of memes, of course.
1: Yes, lots of memes and there'll be people that will you know um uh, you know here's what my you know my pastor said this which you know might be quotes or something or we heard this message on that or you get links to somebody you know some article or, or something like that but um you know I don't think I don't hear a lot of well I was reading in the Bible today and it got me thinking about this and that and and how this relates to I that practically
0: and, never hear that
1: right mm-hmm
0: all the memes that you see mostly it's copied from somebody else Mm
1: -hmm. who writes
0: his own post saying i was pondering this today right how can this that's pretty rare it's not
2: that i never see it but Mm -hmm. it's pretty rare yeah i i see um occasionally you know someone will go oh i'm gonna go out there and be a messenger for my lord right and um They'll put posts about, you know, Jesus is my savior and all that kind of stuff. And they deliver it in such a uh, copy-paste kind of way where it's just like, okay, I've I've seen this before and my brain's just already going, that's such a boring, not new thing. And um, you're bringing nothing new to any sort of discussion. Uh, And especially when they go put these in relevant places. It's not like on their own timeline. It's someone talking about something completely different and they put that in. And it's like, okay, uh, I don't know what we're doing here. Right? Well,
0: you know, it's I, I made a couple of notes about this very thing. One says preach more than understand. You mm-hmm. know, the, it is more the goal to preach stuff than it is to be about the business of increasing my understanding mm-hmm. of right. the material. Because there's 31,000 verses in that Bible, right? And so I wonder how many of those get brought up in the sermons every year. Mm -hmm. It's not thirty-one thousand. Yeah, of course that would be a lot of sermons if you want to mention (laughs) each verse and you know. Yeah. Uh, But um, or or this other note: recruit more than do. Mm. Oh, we well we got to get new people in the church. Well, why? So that they can be a poor image of God like you are yourself, you know, and of course I'm, I'm generalizing obviously because some people do much better at this than others. But I see so many where, well, we got the machine cranked up and what we do is we try we try to recruit people. Yeah. Well, okay. But when do you get down to the business of being like God and Jesus?
2: Yeah. It, uh, it sounds like the outcomes of, uh, those AI thought experiments where you get, uh, you know, we're developing some AI system, we need to tell it to do something, because otherwise we can't test it, so, ah, uh, whatever, just tell it to collect stamps, right? And so, uh, you know, the thought experiment runs on, and then, oh no, the uh, AI has killed all humans and turned the whole Earth into stamps, right? And so, it's like, okay, we're recruiting people for why... To recruit more people. Right.
0: right? Now it's, you can see how the cynic says, yeah, you just want to bring in more money for mm-hmm. your corporation or for your preacher's greed. And surely there's some of that that goes on. Right. And uh, however, surely a lot of people are not in it for greed. Right. But they still can get caught in this trap. Yeah. Right. And so the Skynet has become self aware. <laughs>
1: right.
0: <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And the, the churches have become self aware and they're into their own routines. But they get astray from the way that God thinks yeah, or Jesus thinks uh, about things.
1: I um, Something I had written down uh, about this um, learning information or something about God, but it, the utilitarian idea about, oh, how can I use this information rather than just how can I be?
0: Oh, you got to say more about that. Be, Come on. Well,
1: how can I... Be different but you know when in talking about Facebook and posting things I find you know I'm guilty of if I read something and I want to run post-it and I'm talking about reading scripture you know a scripture I want to post it for somebody else to you know get a message rather than the first thing it's like okay you know and I, I don't want to sound too devotional like what am I supposed to get this but really um there's there's more of let me run oh, I don't know, it's sort of like you hear a story and I want to run, go tell the story before I let the story have an effect on me. And so, um, and maybe there's the bit of the um, the badge thing. Oh, I have this information, here's my badge because I know this thing right. rather than, um, you know, allowing the to be changed, you know, by this... Um, information because I care I'm moved by this information and I'm different and of course then I will go out and do things and I will probably act and be different because of what I've learned but um so I don't know if that's uh, this is making me
0: think about Jesus uh talking like at the last supper of all times the disciples say something and he turns to them and he says are you still so dull? <laughs> well, that's got to be a bit of a troublesome moment, right? If you, want. yeah, uh, he just called us dull. I, I don't yeah. think that's good, right? <laughs>
2: that's a, that sounds kind of bad.
0: Yeah. yeah. Now, when you say dull, Jesus, what? What do? You, right. Okay. So uh, anyway, there are several times, or he says to the one, uh, you know, in John three. Uh, to nicodemus was it right you're you're israel's Israel's teacher teacher, and you don't don't understand these things Mm -hmm. right or uh what's the one about the people teaching things they so confidently affirm but they're Mm -hmm. in error right oh so all the things where we put on that badge and we say Mm -hmm. i'm the one who shares this message with the world and Mm -hmm. do do we not understand it really ourselves Uh, on which topics would jesus pull us aside and say hey uh Let's review this a little uh-huh. bit, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't wait to get to this episode about assumptions in the Bible. Yeah. And there are so many. This is what we do. Uh, now, part of this is God's fault because of this feature he gave us. <laughs> Did you, now, you let me just tell say you. God's Yeah, fault. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but hear me out. Uh, because of this feature he gave us where the brain tries to make sense of things. Yeah. Okay. Uh, just like you can see... You've seen the, the graphics. Is this a rabbit or a beautiful princess, right? right. Well, it depends on if it's upside down or not. Mm-hmm. Or, okay. Right. Well, the brain is trying to make sense out of what it sees. And okay. it says it's a rabbit. And no, it's a horse. Right. Yeah. And Okay. So there's that. Well, that's a wonderful... Fe- talk about mm-hmm. wonderfully, and fearfully made, right? That's All a right. fascinating thing. Uh, however... Just because you can't imagine a thing doesn't mean you've imagined it right. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's where our own diligence has to come in. Our own uh, quality control Mm -hmm. over our thinking life. So here's where I'm going with all this. That we have no idea if we're right or wrong, about a lot of these things. We're like that Joe citizen there and jury duty. I don't know the answer to this. Is he going to say that? No. (laughs) No. He's going to say, well, I think that jurisprudence is very important to our American culture. And he doesn't even know what jurisprudence means, you know, but it sounds good, right? And this is how we do when we're called on things. So here's an example that I was thinking of. Okay. So what I'm thinking about is at the end of John, uh, the night before Jesus is crucified Uh, Peter denies him three times, and then uh, later, after Jesus is resurrected, they have this talk where uh, Jesus says to Peter, Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, "Uh, yes, and Jesus says again, do you love me? And Peter says, yes, and then he asks him a third time, do you love me? And Peter says, you know all things, you know I love you. And then, so, the Christian, the, the Joe Christian, reading this, often says, aha, I get it. I see what's going on here, right? Peter denies Jesus three times. Jesus comes back, asks three times, do you love me? Ah, case solved, right? That's what's going on. Yeah. Well, no. Actually, <laughs> what happened was that the Greek words Jesus used are not the same all three times. The first time he says, uh, Peter, do you agapao me? That's this uh, commitment, devotion kind of love. And Peter's response is, I phileo you. I am your friend. I have feelings of friendly affection for you. Mm-hmm. Well, is that a direct answer? No. no, it's not. And there could be lots of reasons for that. Uh, like maybe Peter is now humbled <laughs> He so he wasn't he didn't yeah, want to brag. I, I, that, right. Oh yes, I have this devotion to. Well, it right. it yeah, looks
1: yeah. like I, I, I don't. Well, he had done that before when he said, "Oh, if everybody, even if everybody else left you, I wouldn't." So, yeah, I, perhaps that's right. he was. So, he'd yeah. been a
0: braggart before right. or somewhat, mm-hmm. but now so maybe this is why. So, maybe this this is nothing wrong with Peter's answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Jesus says, "Do you agapao?" and Peter says, "I phileo." And Jesus <laughs> says, second time, do you agapao?" and Peter says, "I phileo you." And the third time, Jesus says, Peter, do you phileo me? Hmm. Are you my friend? Do you have these warm feelings of affection mm-hmm. for me? Ooh. And that's what it says the third time Peter, it really got to him mm-hmm. because he asked it. he used the very word Peter had been using. Right. And then Peter says, okay, look, you know everything. You know, this is true
1: hmm.
0: that I, I am your friend. Mm-hmm. I, I have this feeling for you. Yeah. Right. Well, wow, there's so much more to that story. I was just going
1: to say that, that you, so the other is just like, oh, it just seems so routine, you know, one, two, three, well, what you're saying, wow, that takes it deeper to what was really going on there. Absolutely. Perhaps, perhaps, we don't know, but it does seem, um, so how sad if you just sort of put something in a box and just say, well, that's what I've been told, or, you know, for whatever reason, you've, you've missed something that could to really be deeper and more meaningful and you know life changing for yourself or whatever you know you've just missed something richer
0: exactly right. and mm-hmm. look how many people get that readers digest version mm-hmm. out of the pulpit
1: right right
0: when they've got the same greek mm-hmm. Uh, resources right. we have anybody right. can go look this up uh-huh. but no no I don't need to look into this if I were wrong about this I would know it right. <laughs> if my preacher had been wrong about this I right. would know it mm-hmm. but I'm going to keep continuing the meme and I'm uh-huh. going to tell my friends or my kids oh you yeah. know why Jesus asked them three times you love me well it's because Peter mm-hmm. had denied him three times end of story
2: it, it makes me wonder about the the job of a uh, a bible translator mm-hmm. right Because the thing is, is that English has the word love, and that's about it, right? Right. So, if you're going word for word, well, in general, sure, love is probably the best way to translate those things. But in this instance, the dude says love three times, except he changes which one it is one of the times. So, you'd think that's pretty important. Yes. We should... Mess with the language to specify what was actually said in the original. Somehow,
0: it's a pretty lousy translate, translating job. To take the word used once, twice, and then the third time it's a different word, and to put them all in the same English—that's nuts. Yeah, it's very irresponsible. And look how much just with one, with even to put a note there that says these are different right. words. Right, that would be useful. And so, but but listen, translators they have to battle tradition as much as anybody
2: else. Mm -hmm, Right,
1: right,
0: right. Uh, You know, uh, Michael Heiser has this great presentation on Genesis 1 and how the Hebrew of it uh, could very well be translated different from in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And yet uh, this has been known for quite some time and a couple of translations have since done this, but still the new translations coming out mostly don't. They go with the traditional in the beginning and never even let you know there might be another viable way to do this. Right. So yeah, yeah, I think you're totally right. But the translators, boy, they, they're going to feel the pinch too. Oh, we can't abandon the traditional version of this. People will throw our Bible away when they are yeah. seen at the at the bookstore. And they'll say, this is crazy. This can't be right. So they feel some pressures too. Well, but the student ought to be thinking... I don't care what the translator says. I want to know what God said, or what Jesus <laughs> right. said, or what yeah. Peter wrote, you know actually wrote. Well, you know,
1: if you if you believe in the the whole um, you know giving an answer one day when I stand before God, I'm not going to be like a uh, translator. Could you come over here and explain things, you know, to him why I you know thought this I, or that? I it's better like, cram for this test. Right. It's it's mm-hmm. it's not the translator. My situation is not the translator's. You know, right. responsibility. So.
0: Well, to be fair, our ancestors. Uh, had practically none of the tools we have mm-hmm. yeah. to study the Bible. Right. They had uh, one or maybe two versions mm-hmm. available a hundred years ago, even, mm-hmm. and um, so they were at the mercy of the translators. Yeah. And so you could say, "Well, we are too. Then uh, we're okay." Well. Uh, Yeah, but now you can for free go on and find out what Greek word was used where. You can find websites that break it down and tell you what tense and and voice and mood and all this. Mm -hmm. And uh, so there is little excuse for us to not know at least some of these things. Now, 31,000 verses, that's a lot of homework to do. You go through every one and double check the language to be sure that your view of what the thing means is correct Well, that's a lot of work. If you're that diligent, I applaud you. And I would like to know how you get that much time in the day. (laughs) All right. So I'm not saying that, oh, if we were real Christians, we'd all know everything. I think that's nuts. But I do say, like in this last couple of episodes, it puts us to the test. When you crack that book open, it shows what kind of person you are. Mm -hmm. If you'll read, uh, and and I made the same exact error myself, this whole John discussion with Peter and Jesus, I made the same error. So mm-hmm. I'm as guilty as anybody. But you read that, go, oh, look at this three times, three times. Great story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, you so missed it. The story is so much richer mm-hmm. than uh, what you thought it was. And so in our meme culture, in our hearsay culture, look how much error gets spread around. And doing anything but encouraging people to dig into these things and to look and see, but if you were God, and you had two guys—I use uh, the names Billy and Larry—I don't know why—but mm-hmm. you've got Billy and Larry, and of course they're the ones in this uh, episode about getting new jobs and, and all mm-hmm. this and how there are two different outlooks. If if you uh, if you've got two Christians, uh, Billy and Larry, and your God and one of them digs as much as he can and spends his time really pondering and testing his ideas and I don't want to assume something about God that I don't have some good evidence for let me really and then the other one doesn't do that which one do you suppose God might uh, be more endeared to toward mm-hmm. yeah
2: yeah. It, it would be the one who you know digs for things the one who cares yeah right say, uh, say your thing about um, the Charlotte Mason, uh, you know, what the kid knows versus... Oh, no. Know.
1: so I'm going to have to quote this. Oh yeah, now you're on the spot, You oh, have to quote. This is going to just be a huge paraphrase, because I'm not going to look it up. Uh, but she says something about, don't ask, you know, when the youth finishes education, you know, when he graduates, how much does he know, but how much does he care, and, um... You know, how much does he care about?
0: Uh, about how many things does uh, he care? How many yeah. things
1: does he care about? And then she says also, and then how large is the room in which he sets his feet? Because he's been exposed to a great world of, of thought and that kind of thing. But that he has a connection to it because he cares about the information. And if this is going to happen because all along the way, you've been learning in that way.
0: You know, this is such a great idea. Uh to to sort of wrap up this conversation today about okay uh the way you judge the kid's education is not by how much does he know but uh by how much does he care and about how many things he cares Mm -hmm. and about how and this is metaphorical language Mm -hmm. from charlotte mason about how big is the room in which he finds his feet set set. Mm -hmm. okay let's think about that in the bible hey do you read the Bible? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, tell me about it. Oh, well, there's an Old and a New Testament. It's great. <laughs> well, what else? Oh, that's it. Right. Okay. Well, that's a pretty small room, right? Yeah. That particular Christian right. has a, sm- a small room, so to speak, of, of ideas and, and, and uh, investigations and puzzle working mm-hmm. and trying to understand this, right? Where somebody else, uh, they may have a different view, but who's got the richest view, the one who's worked the most? puzzles and is uh, the most apt to be ready to talk about something oh yeah that question well, like why is the word salvation sometimes it's in the past it's like saved and you've been saved and this and that but other times it's in the ongoing tense and then other times still curiously it's quite in the future tense
2: mm-hmm.
0: why is that yeah. and then the other person says I don't know Yeah. <laughs> well don't aren't you curious no not really <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well don't you want to discuss it no, yeah, please leave. <laughs> right. So you see the huge difference between mm-hmm. the one person realizes this is quite a large room. Mm-hmm. All the the people don't like when I use the word data for mm-hmm. what's in the Bible, mm-hmm. but it is information, right? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a lot. And so to some people, their room is very small.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, I I hate that when I see it. Uh, but yet that is so much our culture. Yeah to not have any clue how wide is uh, the the set of considerations in the Bible texts. Mm-hmm. And this is, uh, I think, a terrible thing. It's been so helpful to listen to other scholars and read their works and understand, hey, this context goes beyond just the red letters, beyond the New Testament, beyond the New and Old Testament, but even into writings that aren't in the Bible from that same time period or that same geographical place. Mm-hmm. That this, uh, if you want a big puzzle, this is a really big puzzle and it deserves lots of uh, care. And I'm not sure that God, well, I know that God cannot possibly insist that we get it all right mm-hmm. because just, humans don't have that kind of bandwidth to be able to handle you that. Know, and
1: I was thinking also that, you know, there's two things that um, it, like, people don't think of what an honor it is that we are even considered. Um, able to understand such things and then how humbling it is too. So there's sort of the lifting up, but the humbling that, um, you know, these things seem too lofty for us, but yet we are, you know, I want, you know, God's like, I want you to consider these things. You are able to, and, you know, you're, you're not some, you know, dumb, whatever, but that you just regular Joe <laughs> said, you know, and you know, we may not understand it all, but there's way more that we can understand than, you know, when we're just letting it go.
0: Um, oh, yeah. And I think he knows who cares. Yeah. God is certainly keen like that to mm-hmm. know the difference. Mm-hmm. And I do think uh, just for the record that he also understands
2: we're not all playing with the same
1: right set of tools Mm -hmm.
2: this this thing this is a thing that comes up occasionally where it's like okay uh so what if you start off start life in in a bad way uh does this mean that you're somehow less uh like less likely to get into heaven afterward because you know you ended up being a bad person not necessarily because of you so much but because of influences on you And I, um, one thing I guess at is that, uh, God doesn't care so much who you are when you die, but who you care to be when you die, right? And so, so this is the thing about, um, if a person repents for some bad thing they did and they, they really mean it, um, then, uh, God is willing to forgive, but, He's not just willing to forgive for no reason, right? Where, oh well, sure you killed someone, but that's fine, right? It, it's not without um without any uh, effort on the the forgived person's part, right? Well, see, he uh he of course is the judge, right?
0: Okay, and then a lot of people want this to be like black and white. Yeah. Well, I'm like, no, 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 I don't think so, because we're not all the same person. And we know we have these, and we're going to do an episode on this later, maybe five or ten, I don't know. But uh, we have enough information to know that he judges the people individually, mm-hmm. and he says to him, uh, let's see, from him to whom much has been given, okay. much will be demanded.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, wait a minute. Okay so he recognizes not everybody has the same what if you grew up in a lousy family that never taught you anything you never went to school and then here's a bible on the shelf and well he tried to read it you're not so good a reader is god really going to expect you to know as much as the guy who was born with a great family full of teachers who taught him all this stuff by the time he was two right? right of course not yeah right god is reasonable in his judgment of people and what better person than him to be <laughs> to the judge? judge of, yeah. Yeah, that's right, yeah. right. So I don't have to figure out whether God is going to um, give eternal life to my neighbor or not. Well, that's between God and my neighbor. No, I, I can. I'm reading the same facts anybody else can read out of the book. Mm-hmm. I know what's good behavior and what's bad. Yeah. But that's up to God, and that's quite okay with me. I don't yeah. want that job. Okay, uh, but <laughs> who? would God be more pleased with than the person who really wants to understand God and who, right. who reads and tries to understand mm-hmm. and who, who of course reads and tries to behave well, yeah. like those uh, Pharisees who didn't care about their bad behavior. Well, I'm a child of Abraham. No, I'm a child of God. Even mm-hmm. um, look, it's so obvious that you're not Yeah. really, are we going to play that game? Where uh, where you lie to Jesus' face and tell him that you're a child of God when you're not. Oh, come on, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I love that uh, Charlotte Mason quote about how many things does he care uh, and how much does he care about them, mm-hmm. and then of how much is he aware, Yeah, mm-hmm. right? Well, I think, you know, she's talking about education in general, uh, but I think, too, for the Bible student, that's a fantastic idea that uh, there's so much here and you're not going to get through 31,000 verses in your lifetime having them all figured out exactly right. It's just not going to happen. And so uh, you have to choose. You have to make your priorities and you're going to make mistakes in your priorities. Oh, I spent... Seven and a half years trying to research uh, birds of the intertestamental intertestamental period, right? Well, okay, that's a lot huh. of time spent on a topic that's maybe not all that important. <laughs> Call me crazy, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna do I'm gonna do a fashion of the Old Testament, right? Uh, okay, but uh, but we do have to choose what to look into and what not. And I think that God certainly knows who cares. And that's got to mean something to him if I read my Bible right mm-hmm. about what God is like. Mm-hmm. So we probably better wrap it up there. Uh, thank you so much for coming in and talking about these things. And Thanks
1: for having us. <laughs> yeah. And again, thanks for being here. <laughs> right. yes.
0: All right. Well, thanks for joining in. Take care.